Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Alter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Dude, it's Thursday, and we're back in the show. Something must have changed. Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2021. Hello. Welcome. Hopefully you survived the the apocalypse. No. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Which I've, apocalypse exactly are exactly. we talking about? Ladies There's gentlemen, so course, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I, of course, am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the prolific Connor himself, Zelius. And my special guest host right here. Hello. Walking across my keyboard. <laughs> Goodbye now. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, the Thursday Night Hangout is a weekly, hopefully, fingers crossed, I don't get sick or weird-ass holidays. Uh, it's a weekly show. Live no, I show want the holidays. We try our best to cover the topics that are most important to you, hopefully during the show. Uh, if you haven't yet submitted a, a topic, a question, etc., have no fear. All you got to do is drop it in the chat, and we will add it to the topic list for the show. If, by some weird happenstance, we unfortunately run out of time uh, to cover all the topics, they will be added to the beginning of next week's show. All right. So, uh, right before the show started, um, Josh Sanders w- uh, was voicing the fact that they missed he missed us at uh, Canuga, and we miss seeing you. And we miss seeing a ton of people at all the conventions that we usually do. Um, we missed out on um, Kanuga, uh, Chattacon, Momacon, SiegeCon, uh, DragonCon, Con Carolina, DragonCon. Uh, I mean, you know what I haven't got though this year is ConCrud. Well, you got other types of crud. You're get you. You have the capacity to get other types of crud. So have no fear. It may not be ConCrud, but there's some crud that's coming around. All the crud shall be yours. Seriously, though, I I I hope that there is some sort of like in person convention stuff going to happen this year. I am very very hopeful. Fingers crossed, and and slightly praying because I want to go and and hang out with amazing people uh, that I get to meet at conventions and get to talk about the stuff that's most important or most exciting for me. The stuff that I actually know and that's video games and talking about how video games are changing the world or how it's destroying everything uh you know i i thrive on that and it's it's killed me that i have not been able to to partake in any of these conventions uh not gonna lie don't think i'm going to a convention in 2021 i if I do, it'll be near the end, I believe, I would think. I don't know. You know what? I say that now, but something tells me push came to shove. I would probably show up to a convention. I would have to quarantine myself afterwards, probably, most likely, uh, and that might not go over well. But um, I don't. I think you value your life too much to pull that stunt. That you would think, but who knows? Anyways, um, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's go into uh, let's go into the first topic of the evening, and that deals with um, oh conventions, censorship, and games. Same thing. So, uh, I'm sure that everyone's come across a game on some sort of platform. Um, that has caused an uproar uh, and has caused some subset of consumers to scream for either the the platform owners to strike the game from uh, their platform or to um, 
reach out to the developers or the publishers. Uh, uh, Side note, ladies and gentlemen, I, I know that most of you know this, but just in case, publishers are not the developers. Sometimes they are, but most of the time, publishers just pay the developers to make the game. So screaming at the publishers after the developers have gotten their money for making the game, probably not going to change much. Just saying. Anyways. Well, unless the publisher holds the purse strings to require the developer to change things. Depends on the contract. You're absolutely right. But chances are, anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, we, we've seen it before. I mean, I'm going to date myself a little bit, but way back in the day when Mortal Kombat first graced um, the, Mortal Kombat! the consoles, uh, there were certain versions of Mortal Kombat that did not have blood because that was the requirement to get it on. It was censored in that sense. But um, you could also use the code to unlock the blood. Yes. Yes, there was. But, I don't remember what it is now, but that was a big deal at the time. Oh, absolutely. But here, here's the thing. There's always going to be censorship, uh, and and it's going to be all over the place. And there's always another thing to, to that you have to take into consideration is that there's not a single game out there that is not going to ruffle someone's feathers. Some people make games to intentionally ruffle feathers. You can find plenty of those on the Steam store. Yeah, or on the App Store. Well, I think more. I'm thinking the more risque type of games. You okay? So here's the funny thing. I um the the uh, the game that is causing the the latest uproar is a game called Sense, a cyber a cyberpunk ghost story by Top Hat Studios. Uh, this game is being released onto the uh, Switch. I think it actually released today. It previously it re- released on Steam back in August of 2020, um, and. What I find interesting is everyone's, you know, screaming and yelling about this game. And I'll read their statement in a second about, you know, you got to censor this. You got to throw you got to throw this game out. But there is a Switch game, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it is. But I, I downloaded it stupidly. I downloaded it. It was like a, I don't know, a buck ninety nine game, uh, uh, which Zelius would automatically go, that's probably garbage. But um, – <laughs> It's like it's been discounted to buck ninety nine. Nah, it's probably not worth it. Is that the game I'm assuming? Yes, that's that's the Steam game. Yeah, that's the Steam version. But they're good. They were they ported it, or were in the process of porting it to the Nintendo Switch. But the game I'm talking about, I can't. Like I said, I'd have to look at my Switch uh, to find it. But this game, um, holy crap! I mean, there was sex scenes. Well, stills of sex scenes and and you know like gratuitous nudity. And I'm going. Okay, so what makes that game any worse than the one uh, uh, since a cyberpunk ghost story? So, a uh, bunch of people have been yelling, screaming, you need a sense of this game. So this is the um, the official reply or statement from Top Hat Studios. Top Hat Studios. And that is, with the recent news of Sense, a cyberpunk ghost story, coming to Nintendo Switch, we are aware of a large amount of messages and demands aimed toward the game's console platform release based on lies. Claims that it is explicitly pornographic or somehow encourages violence or more ridiculously somehow breaks the law. Furthermore, voices have attempted to advocate making sale of the game untenable through demanding harsh censorship aimed towards the developer's art style with threats to review bomb the game and or harass its distributors 
In addition, we have received death threats from those who feel threatened by what essentially boils down to aesthetic decision of how pixels are arranged on a screen. While disappointed at these behaviors, we are certainly not surprised. Let us be clear on this. We will not censor the game because of self-centered crowds who can solely sorry, who care solely about grandstanding. We categorically and absolutely refuse to restrict creative expression. Creators should be allowed freedom to express themselves, particularly when it comes to expression of subcultures they have been immersed in. As a cyberpunk game, Sense uses imaginary, sorry, imagery and themes related to a future of hyper-commercialized, over-commodified imagery as part of its cyberpunk theme and inspiration. This is reflected in all character designs. With that said, we ex we expect that this is a this is lost on those attacking the developer for being harmful and somehow inflicting violence and pain. Those who believe words or images inflict violence should perhaps stop spurting their own hateful false rhetoric and also cease condoning death threats to those who disagree with. We reject any any sorry, we reject any and all of the affirmation brazen characterizations of the game and would like to reiterate our principles against tampering with creators expressions we would also like to reiterate reiterate this game is rated esrb m 17 plus or pegi 18 this is not an ao game which is adult only uh nor have any laws been broken as some social media commenters have ridiculously claimed out of their biases the game's rating reflects the target audience and yet this fact is lost on those who have been led by a will to blindly crusade against their false perceptions once again this game will not be censored we categorically refuse so um i'm good with that i mean look here's the deal like I, like i stated before i jumped in this entire state into uh, this entire uh reply there is never going to be a game that everybody is going to find wholesome or amazing or perfect. And I, I, I do like the fact that uh, Top Hat Studios did, you know, they pointed out exactly that this is ESRB M. This is, you know, rated in the top echelon. This is like rated R. You don't let your three-year-old player watch a rated R movie. You know, you don't let your kid play, you know, you don't, your little child seven eight year old play a mature rated title and as a as a father i can i definitely think that uh violent and mature rated games do not belong in an eight hand, uh, eight year old's hands yeah i don't know why the hulu of this game of all the games <coughs> excuse me especially when we you know you can browse through the Steam store and find plenty of games that are probably more, I guess you consider repugnant or violent or sex or whatever your adjective is here. You can probably find games in a larger scale this game. So it's interesting to me that this is the game that gets kind of picked out. And it ultimately comes down to with a video game like this is if you don't, if you think it's a terrible game, then don't, don't play, play it. it. Right. It's really not that complicated. 
when it comes to this type of a topic. Uh, and it's also, I mean, it would also be one thing if it was like, you know, being advertised on, you know, well, I know they don't have Saturday morning cartoons, but if you get like Saturday morning cartoons advertising it, that's also a little bit different, but that's probably not the case, I'm assuming. No. Uh, so kind of like you said, you know, you're a parent, do your job and don't let your, you know, you can restrict ratings on your um, switch or your console or your iOS where device you're playing. Your tablet. They, all, they all have parental controls installed on those now. Like that's a standard feature. Um, so I don't really get why this would be the game that there's a pitchfork mob over. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like how much is there really a pitchfork mob of this game? Or is it something that just got kind of picked up where a lot of games have people who think, oh, it should be censored. Was this game really more of a pitchfork mob than other games? Or is this one that just happened to get kind of picked out from the anti-SJW crowd of their poster child? So having never played the game, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I've never played the game. I've, I've never actually seen any of the game. But what I can tell you is that one of the statements they made is, you know, with the with, you know, the cyber the cyberpunk theme and all the over commercialization, all that stuff. I just finished putting over 100 hours into Cyberpunk 2077. And let me tell you, I would not want my child to even look at the game while I'm playing because there's the over uh, sexualization uh, of society. And you know, there's, there's, there's ads and billboards of, you know, stuff that, you know, young children should never see. Well, there's a, like, I mean, I hate to tell you, there's like an entire genre out there that's dedicated to games of, um, let's just call it non-consensual violence. Agreed. Right. And they exist already. So it's kind of like, this is the, sorry, this is the game that you choose to pick up is fascinating to me. Well, so, so here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen, as hard as it is to believe you have a choice on what <laughs> game to buy on the platform that you currently own. So if there's games on the Switch you don't want to buy, you don't have to buy them. But if there's all... I just... I am all for creative expression. I, I, I want individuals to be able to create games. Do I agree with some of these games with their gratuitous violence or their over-sexualization of characters. No. But that being said, if if it's out there, there's a market for it. I'm not the market. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm I'm not gonna go after this comp these companies because dear God, if you accidentally allow on Sw on uh Steam when you're doing your uh, what do you call it, discovery queue, if oh, you gosh. if you hit um what was it? Uh uh there, there's was it like adult only games? If you toggle that on, you can, they'll be added. Holy crap! You get some, you get adult games. Wow, some saying? that will haunt your nightmares. But there are people out there like that's the game Warrior for me. Dreams. You know, and, and that, I'm totally okay with that. You could play. I, 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 let me. I will not review any of those games. That being said, if you like those games and you enjoy them, go for it. I ain't gonna stop you. 
And obviously there's a market for them because people continue to produce them. So obviously there are productive people of the world and country who purchase said items. Agreed. Because if they were not making a profit off of it, they would not be producing them still in general. Agreed. So obviously people are interested in them. Um, and okay. I mean, that's part of living in a free country, hopefully, that people they can also choose to consume these materials um, and also produce the materials. Yes. Um, and, you know, as a parent, do your job and parent. don't let your kids play them. It's really not that, I mean, I say it's not that hard, but I think back to when I was a kid and how much time I probably would have spent trying to get around filters and restrictions and all that stuff. But that's besides the point. See, back in the day, I'm just kidding. Anyways, uh, so um, speaking of this game, let's let's kind of, I've already hinted about it, but let's talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077, of course, was a, a highly hyped up game that got, uh, delayed at least two or three times. They got shoved out the door, sold 13 million copies upon launch. And then within, when launch started to about now, they've lost 79% of their concurrent players. Jeez. They have, uh, their, the, uh, company CD project red has had to issue full refunds. Um, to was it next gen? No, no, no. PlayStation Four and Xbox One um, owners who who bought the game they had the the ability for a full refund. Uh, I don't know if it's still gone, but at some point, the game was abs- was completely removed from the PlayStation Store. Um, you know, so there are that. issues, and they've got yeah. a loss. They've already got lawsuits, and the de- the developers have already come out and and said that, you know, there's a lot of stuff that didn't get polished. And I will be completely frank with you. I know there wasn't a lot of things that were poli- uh, that didn't get polished. Um, I reviewed uh, Cyberpunk 2077 uh, this week. I finally wrote it down. It is by far the longest review I've ever written for Ultra Confusion. But you uh, still sunk over 100 hours into it. Yes, so I did. I did. Something, it, right? it was... I, I want to make something clear. This is... Okay. So, when I enjoy something, or I get excited about something, there is a very good chance I'm going to critique the shit out of it because I enjoyed it so much that I want it to be even better, if possible. I have never run into a perfect game, a perfect convention, a perfect book, a perfect movie. There's always been something that I personally felt that could be, you know, critiqued. That hopefully the individuals on on the receiving end of my review, my critique, are willing to listen to and not try to attack me, Um, (laughs) which has happened. I'm not going to name names, but ironically, it happens more with conventions than video games. But <laughs> anyway, um, but, but the thing is, look, I put, a, I, as Zelius alluded to, I put over a hundred hours into cyberpunk 2077. It's a good game as long as it's working. And mm. that is a huge caveat. And I know that I've, I've been looking, I have, I've seen all of these like articles about, you know, problems with cyberpunk 2077. And I did not read any of them until I was done with the game. I did not want 
<laughs> my view uh, to be, you know, colored from what is happening around the world. I wanted it to be like I wanted to to play the game and review the game in a bubble. Um, and then upon writing my review, then I, you know, came out and and looked at all of what everyone else is running into. And I have to say that there are some people that played it on the PC that had none of the issues I ran into. And I feel really, uh, jealous because I wish that I could have gotten that experience. That said, as I've stated, you know, there's always something you can do better. There's an amazing game there somewhere through all the bugs, through all of, you know, the, the kinks and the issues. And if it, if somehow they could just fix it, it no big deal. it's an amazing game. It could be an amazing game. But that being said, uh, we have seen uh, in the past when it comes to a movie, when it comes to uh a, a book series or or a movie franchise or or games this type of oops daisy can cause lasting harm to the brand name uh-huh there are individuals out there who uh there who may have gotten in early on launch with Cyberpunk 2077 and there are individuals that got burned so bad that no matter what happens in the future to Cyberpunk 2077? They will never come back to being a fan. Um, and that that's the truth for, you know, basically any franchise. Uh, and you can already see that if, if the concurrent number of users is basically falling off that fast, then you, unfortunately, as a developer or more likely a publisher, you have to do, um, what is it called? Um, a cost-benefit analysis. Do you fix the game? I mean, 200,000 concurrent players, that's a lot of players to me, but it might not be to, you know, uh, you know, to a company like Project, um, sorry, CD Project Key. Oh my God, CD Project Red. For some reason in my head, I'm always like mixing up the CD, the project, and the red. Sometimes it's red CD project. Sometimes it's red project CD. It is CD project red. And and it was such a... It, it had such amazing pieces to it. So I feel like it's going to be the perfect game of the year edition like two years from now when it's $10. Because hopefully by then, they'll have the bugs worked out, hopefully, and it'll be cheaper, and then it'll actually be optimized also for the consoles by then, in theory. Um, and it'll be in a, frankly, playable state. So I know usually I wait for the Game of the Year edition because I'm cheap, but in this case, I'm just waiting because I'm of the bugs. And I know, obviously, they screwed up with releasing the game too soon. But I also still think, or I have the faith that they're going to fix the game. The problem is, who knows how long that's going to take. Agreed. I mean, we could be looking at two years from now, and they're still releasing big patches for the game. And that could be part of the problem is, what is the length of these patch cycles going to be to get that game into a playable state? Agreed. And and the other thing is, um, 
from coming from um, a used, I used to to work at a development studio. Uh, another thing is, uh, there is there's always since since the the number of users is falling and mm-hmm. the number of issues is climbing. There is this like internal want and desire to try to to correct things as fast as possible. That does not work. You cannot just spit stuff out on a on a, a published game or a service in production. You can't yep. just throw patches at it and not have it thoroughly tested. And if you're going to have it thoroughly tested, you need to do it in bulk. And so the with so much hype and then such a stumble at the gate, it's gonna. It's you know. It's even doubly hard. But the other thing, and Zelius was you know like the the game of the year edition, maybe a year or two down the line. Once again, I'm I'm gonna bring up, you know, the cost benefit. You know, the the cost benefit analysis of how much is it gonna cost to fix all of this stuff? Because graphically, that potentially could be huge. Depends on if they have to. Ch- you know, they have to tweak their graphic engine or if they have to use a different graphic engine, because it could be different. I'm getting really technical, and I apologize if I'm going right over some people's heads, but stay with me. Different systems have different architectures, so you might have to do little tweaks here and there. Um, Then, of course, there's just... With an open-world game, you're never going to be able to cover all your bases. It's not possible. If you were to do that, you'd have a game that is in closed or open beta till the end of time. It's not possible. There's no way that someone can test every single little thing. You just pray as a developer and a publisher uh, that you get most of it right. Now, yep. I don't I don't know how much this will take because of course I'm not there. I'm not in that company, but I have to think that there's going to be some huge hurdles that they're going to have to, uh, uh, pragmatically, like, you know, for developer and arts and all that stuff to deal with on top of all these mounting lawsuits about how they lied about, uh, you know, the use of technology or testing on technology or, uh, and then of course you've got all these stories coming out about how they, you know, they wanted the money now and they, they figured no one will catch on to to the broken parts and now they're paying for it. Oh, gamers will find those broken parts. Ain't no doubt about that. Oh, believe me, I am the type of person who, who um, well, I have a background in uh, quality assurance or testing and it is my pleasure to try to do things that other people probably wouldn't have thought of and then I love, this makes this warms my heart and chills those are developers to hear a developer say, well, no one would do that. Well, guess what? I did. There are, I mean, there is, games can still rebound. I mean, look like the Assassin's Creed series. What was it? Unity. Assassin's Creed Unity was so terrible. And yet Assassin's Creed Valhalla is still doing fantastic. Right. But um, Assassin's Creed was already established. Cyberpunk 2077. This is the 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 foundational first brick laid. Well, I'm thinking in the context of CD Projekt Red in terms of having the Witcher franchise. I know it's not a Witcher game, but it's still an RPG. 
some kind of thinking in terms of that where they at least have that experience potentially to be able to turn it around. Um, you also had like Final Fantasy 14 when it first came out was a complete bomb. And, and they rebranded it. Yep. So, so what are we looking for? Cyberpunk 2077, the golden years? Cyberpunk 2078. I don't think that's how it works. The way the game plays, and I'm not going to give away anything, but I'm pretty sure I stay in that year. So or hell, I think, they could fix it. I mean, they could change that little bit and prove me wrong. I would think there's still hope. I just don't know. Um, definitely tricky. That's for sure. Tricky is one way to put it. One way to put it, sir. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to take this moment to uh, give you some give some shout-outs, some love and attention to those who absolutely 100% deserve it. So without further ado, let's give a shout-out to all the friends of the show. We start with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular convention, sorry, conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the main the mainstream mindset. They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. Indie Cluster is a phenomenal organization. Zelius and I have seen them at quite a few different conventions. Uh, the one that we see them the most at, of course, is Momocon because uh, it is local. But these are the this organization is paramount. It is amazing. It is very important because it allows for independent developers who may not have the money to to rent a booth at a convention because I'm going to, I, you know, surprise, but it costs money and a lot of money. Money? But money goes in trees. So when you, when you partner with something like this organization, they, you know, you share their space, uh, you know, you share the cost. It, it makes it a lot easier to gain a lot of attention for your game, but not having to sink in so much money. So I highly recommend if you are an independent developer, definitely check out the Indie Cluster. See if they can help you and your community and your uh, neck of the woods. If you if they are not there, I am almost sure that they can f help you find uh, like-minded individuals who, who can band together and showcase the amazing stuff that you guys are making. Now, of course, the next shout-out I got to give is Hero Chiropractic. Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice. Set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For those who want more information, just go to www.herochiropractic.com. Uh, Ryan has been my chiropractor for quite a while now, many years. Uh, he is my son's chiropractor now, and he, he's, he knows his stuff. He's done amazing things to help me with uh, my back and my legs and my feet. 
Um, it's wonderful. Uh, and of course, my son is already benefiting from his adjustments as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have to do a shout out to an old friend of the show and an amazing game creator. And that, of course, is Craig Campbell of Nerd Burger Games. Nerdberg Games is the game design imprint of award-winning RPG designer Craig Campbell. Craig has done a whole bunch of RPG design freelancing in the past. Several years ago, he dove into designing his own RPG. Now, Nerdberger Games has multiple RPGs and is showing no signs of stopping. Nerdberger Games endeavors to create games that explore quarters of the RPG landscape that haven't been explored, or haven't been explored very often. These games forego dense gaming mechanics in favor of lighter rule sets that allow game players to focus on telling fun, engaging, memorable stories. If you want more information, go to www.nerdburgergames.com. Currently on their uh, inventory list of games that Zelius and I could definitely put our weight behind is Capers, Die Laughing, Merchant Acquisitions. And they just, of course... Uh, or they are in the process of fulfilling their Kickstarter promises for their latest game, Good Strong Hands. And if it is of the quality of Capers, Die Laughing, or Merchant Acquisitions, I can promise you that it's worth your time. Amen to that, brother. The final shout-out, of course, is just to our local watering hole because it means so much to us. We hope that it never closes down because we need places like this. We, as nerds and Brilliant, smart people that aren't understanding in many places. Uh, and that, of course, is Battle & Brew. Battle & Brew is Atlanta's first and oldest gaming bar and restaurant. Opened in 2005, Battle & Brew had a very modest menu, a few beer taps, and focused heavily on gaming. Now they have grown to encompass so much more. They pioneered geek trivia in Atlanta and remained the hardest trivia in town. They have upgraded the menu from only a few items to all your bar favorites and some soon-to-be favorites. They've expanded the gaming and kept everything top of the line. They've taken a good place and made it a great place. A place where the staff listens to your desires and suggestions. A place where you and your friends feel like you're at home. A place where everyone knows your game. For more information, if you're in the Atlanta area, just go to www.battleandbrew.com. And... One of these days, I'm going to find my way over there to, at the very least, do curbside pickup for uh, the the uh, weekend brunch, because now they do it on Saturday and Sunday. Ooh. And I just I want I want one of those breakfast sandwiches so bad. I, I'm, That's right. Dude. They can keep the mimosa. Just give me that breakfast sandwich. How badly do you want this breakfast sandwich? Oh, it's getting super duper bad, my friend. Super duper bad. Not gonna lie, it's getting super super bad. What about their dragon talents? Oh, I, look! If we're going to the regular menu, man, I, I've got uh, uh, chicken, chicken pom pom, uh, the chicken parmesan sandwich uh, with a side of uh, little mac, which of course is mac and cheese, um, and of course, basically most of the drinks that are on or behind the bar. Uh, it's but still if, wrong to me that you don't get your dragon talents anymore. I well, the thing is, they didn't have that chicken parm. Um, uh, sandwich until i guess the last year or so but i'm mm. i'm if i get chicken parm man i'm ha i'm a happy man and so when there susan gave me the chicken the chicken chicken pom pom i was like yes that's that's me that's me so anyway or you can get some magic to go boxes that too uh ladies and gentlemen of course um those are shout outs to the friends of the show 
there is one more. I'm just waiting for their information to come in so that we can add them to the show. But for now, uh, they will lurk in the shadows. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, with that with that being said, let me uh, do some personal shout outs for uh, Alter Confusion. The first one is Alter Confusion has a Patreon. Alter Confusion survives on the love and support of fans like you. And so we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans or supporters, become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content and community, com, sorry, exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative brand. Currently, for those of you who have the ability, say, to um, support us with a dollar a month or $5 a month, uh, those are the two options currently. We're, I'm still kind of kicking around a slightly higher uh, tier, but uh, for those who are willing to donate a dollar a month, a dollar, a dollar a month. So twelve dollars a year, or five dollars a month and sixty dollars a year, uh, you can gain some exclusive stuff for uh, for Alter Confusion. Uh, the one dollar tier, you gain early access to the both the one and the five dollar tier. You both gain access early access to all the playthroughs that I'm posting on YouTube. So right now, you would have access to uh, the first two episodes of uh, Max and Sam Save the World. I believe there's a total of four, maybe five of those. And as a Patreon or patron of the Patreon, uh, you would gain access to that entire season before anyone else. Um, I currently just completed the third episode. Uh, I have rendered it. I am about to upload it. And of course, if you're a patron, you will gain, uh, you'll get an update and you, that playlist that you have access to will include the, the new, um, uh, episodes. Um, nice. now if you are on the five dollar tier, uh, not only do you gain, um, early access to the playthroughs and I'm sorry, the $1 one also has, uh, the ability to take polls, uh, to help shape Alter Confusion. But if you go to the $5 tier, you can also uh, gain your name or organization in the thank you section of the Thursday Night Hangout, which was basically the friends of the show. So if you want to be added to that, be it you or your organization, if you donate $5 a month, you can be part of that public shout out. Uh, now, of course, if you want more information, you go to www.patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Alter Confusion. Um, now I know that it's just the beginning of 2021, but I am so passionate about something. And so I've already set it up. Ladies and gentlemen, for the 10th year straight, we will be participating in Extra Life. Extra Life is gamers doing what they do best, gaming, to help sick and injured children at their choose their chosen Children's Miracle Network Hospital. The money we raise through Extra Life will go directly to... For us personally, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta as unrestricted funds. This means that the hospital decides where and how to spend the money to ensure the dollars we raise make the biggest impact in the lives of the kids th they treat. So if you have the capacity to donate, please go to extra-life.org. And uh, I think Zelius might have just posted. No, he has not posted yet. Um 
the participant code is 450208, which of course is slightly different than it was last year. So uh, I think the quickest way is to, I, I think I corrected where you could look for Alter Confusion now, but if I haven't, uh, if you're watching this on Twitch, you can go to the Extra Life section underneath it and you can um, click it from there. And if you're watching on uh, Facebook, it's it was one of the po recent posts that just popped uh, that po bleh, popped up. You still need to search for your name. All right, I'll fix it. Damn it! All right, so ladies and gentlemen, um, if okay, so please donate to Extra Life. Um, if you do not have the financial stability to be a patron for uh, Alter Confusion, it's I I'm sorry you can't, but if you want to help out Alter Confusion, the best thing you could do, or the most amazing thing you could do, is to help spread the word. If you like what we do on the Thursday Night Hangout, or on the streams, or on the website, or anything, share it, favorite it, retweet it, uh, repost it, all that stuff. Be it on Facebook, on Twitter, on Twitch, on YouTube, on Instagram, on Patreon whatever it may be if there's some if you like something that we're doing please sp spread the love because there are a lot of like-minded individuals out there who may not know about us yet and it would be amazing to add them to the ranks of supporters of like you know of, of nerdy people like us now if you do want to make a financial donation you only want to do it a one-time uh, type of way what you could do is either on Twitch or on alteredconfusion.com, there is a Donate Now button. You click there. It is a one-time payment through PayPal. They'll go directly to Alter Confusion. Maybe financial support is not in the cards for you, but you want to perhaps give us something that we can show off on the show, or maybe we'll do, or maybe I'll do an unboxing video of. Uh, what you could do is you could send it to the following address. That would be 1551 Dunwee, that's D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Village Parkway, and this is super duper 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 important, number, this is the P.O. Box number, by the way, number 88276. If you do not put that number there, it goes to the post office proper, and it will be returned to you within three to five business days. Uh, the city is Dunwoody, once again, D-U-N-W-O-O-D-Y, Georgia, zip code is 30338. Um, I attempted to go to the post office this past week and the line was out the door. So unfortunately I did not have the capacity to wait that long. So I will attempt to go again later. That is not surprising. No, not at all. I know the one by my school is always packed. Well, you know, it might be a little bit of a better experience if there was more than just one person working the six open spaces for workers. That's neither here nor there. Um, so let's jump into the next um, probably hot topic here. And that is with the pandemic of 2020, 2020 and potentially 2021 uh, being uh, COVID-19, uh, things have changed a lot with everything. And so what we're seeing is a lot of individuals like ourselves who do a lot of streaming, who do a lot of like, you know, fan content uh, for your favorite franchise. Um, what we're seeing is this weird ass, like 
like negative wave or kind of like anti-wave happening. And that, of course, is you have a lot of companies coming out that are that are doubling down on um, DMCA strikes on, um, you know, um, basically trying to cover their asses. Um, of course, the, the main one of, is Twitch. Uh, Twitch has for months uh, had content creators um, dealing with DMCA strikes. These, of course, these strikes have um, allowed for the potential of individuals losing uh, their Twitch account completely, getting permabanned for um, having a stream that has copyrighted music, uh, be it, you know, of like an artist or uh, in some weird ass uh, examples, there are individuals who have gotten strikes because a sound effect in a game was somehow copyrighted in a library of sounds. And so you get ding there. And uh, this is one that, and here's here's an example of something that I just found out about. And I don't know how long ago this was, but this actually kind of pisses me off uh, beyond belief. Look, there is, uh, there is a specific or uh, uh, example where a streamer was banned because when she got up from her computer for a second, her child was seen on the stream and was talking with the audience for, I don't know, a couple minutes. And for that, the streamer was indefinitely banned. Because the kid was the one doing the streaming? Okay, so so a little bit more background. There was a professional Valorant player whose streaming career was just, you know, was starting to, you know, gain traction. And she got banned because her young daughter appeared on stream and interacted with the chat while she was away. Twitch has a very strict rule that streamers are not allowed to be under the age of 13. So mm. for however many minutes uh, that she was away, her daughter, who, of course, is under the age of 13 was present, and was interacting with the crowd. Therefore, permaban. Yikes. Uh, now, of course, the, the ban has been lifted. Uh, but this is... I mean... This is insane. Uh, what What's going on with Twitch is absolutely insane. And the problem is... What do you... As, as streamers, as, as um, internet personalities, what the hell else are we supposed to do? Twi uh, there's no mixer... Facebook gaming, sure, but Facebook gaming's got its own problems. I mean, there, yeah, YouTube gaming, but YouTube gaming, like, basically folded up and died. What you really have is YouTube, and you just put the tag of gaming on there. Like Twitch, basically holds all most of the cards, if not all the cards. So, it, it's insane that, look, Twitch is owned by Amazon. For all, I don't understand the logic behind. Twitch not just, you know, paying so that, you know, all this copyright shit goes away. Now, the, the kid thing, I'm, I understand. In principle, if this kid had their own streaming account, yeah, ban it. If this kid was a huge component of, a constant component of this streamer's uh, streaming schedule, yeah, ban it. But, but a kid showing up once... And interacting with the audience, and then the 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 owner of the stream gets banned. That's insane. Shit. I I've got I have an eight year old son. 
And there are times when I've been streaming that he's popped up and said, hello, is that, am I now on grounds of getting banned forever because my kid popped up and said hello while I was playing, I don't know, um, Legend of Zelda or whatever game I'm playing at the time, uh, Runes of Ruterra? Yes, I'm going to report you right now to Twitch to get you banned. I mean, that's insane. Like, I understand that that these companies want to cover their asses, but I think that there is there is a there is a point where you just gotta chill. And I okay, just just in case you know that there there are sensitive ears here, ladies and gentlemen, I am about to warn you that I'm about to use big boy words that are no. offensive to many people and are considered curse words to many people, and that is oh dear, this is fucked up. <laughs> Look. There, yes, I understand you want to cover your own asses. I understand that. But at some time, you you can't just this this is so fucked up because there's there's not an alternative. If there was an alternative, Twitch would have to take some of this shit and deal with it. But because there's not a true alternative, they could just laugh and giggle and smile and go, eh, sucks to be you. So I was looking, because I was curious, I was like, okay, maybe there's like a large increase of streamers, which is causing them to not be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, okay, what do the trends look like? Um, so I'm looking at a website called Business of Apps. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm seeing is if you look at monthly broadcasters from 2018 to 2020, it's increased from 2018 to 19, from 3.39 million to 3.64 million, and then from 2019 to 2020 to 3.64 million to 3.84 million. So not a whole lot of increase. And if you look at average concurrent channels, it's gone in that 2019 from 49.5 thousand to 56.4 thousand. So again, an increase, but nothing that a streaming service of Twitch's magnificent resources yeah. um, with Jeff Bezos's wallet at the hand should be able to keep up with. That's the thing. Why, why is this stuff? The, the thing is you would think as, as an individual who has created products uh, or developed products um, here, here's, here's my rationale. When you create a product, the first edition is always going to be the roughest but then you're going to refine it. You're going to optimize it. You're going to make it even better. I mean, hell, that's how you, that's that's the process of patching games is to make it more stable, better. It's not to make it more difficult on the consumer. It's the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Twitch used to be like this haven to stream games, to allow, to to have a commentary uh, about the game and not have to worry if this song is going to get you dinged. Yes, potentially were there uh, DMCA strikes uh, that maybe didn't get to the streamers? I don't know. Maybe. But all of a sudden, Twitch is like, oh, shit. Maybe maybe the thing is the, the amount of games out there that, that have, you know, um, musician uh, copyrighted music ha- has increased. I don't know. But still, for that size of, for that size of a platform, having existed for this long, for them now to basically start beating the shit out of their own, you know, uh, loyal followers and fans and users of the platform is just weird and fucked up. 
Well, and you wonder if, you know, I think a part of it is definitely that there's no competition. That, as you put it, they don't have to really care too much because, as you put it, where else are you going to go? What are you going to do? There aren't really a whole lot of alternatives right now of what to do. So, uh, I I know that I could go on about Twitch forever, um, and because of their wackadoodle crazy stuff. But let's talk about another company that all of a sudden has gotten up and started doing some wackadoodle crazy stuff. Well, maybe not wackadoodle crazy, but more. Let's be vague about shit, and that of course is is kind of ironic because I've always uh, thrown a little bit of love uh, this way to the way of this company. Of course, it's Capcom. Um, Capcom has recently updated their policies. Um, uh, basically, you know, with, of course, with 2020 uh, and pandemic, everyone's staying at home. They're creating more content online. They're, they're doing a lot of more streaming. So Capcom has refined their rules and guidelines. I'm going to just read a couple of, you know, some tidbits out of a couple of the sections here. Uh, the first section that I want to talk about is the creative content. This is uh, walkthroughs, tutorials, uh, let's play, speed runs, all that jazz. Um, um, these videos should, are, are allowed to show game footage from the game, which if it didn't, that'd be weird as hell. Um, but it also, it is, um, there should be an associated step-by-step commentary tied to the live game playing being shown and should provide instructional or educational value or other benefits to the viewer. Okay. I don't, you know, what about all those, you know, videos where people are, you know, making fun of games? Is, is that going to be, are you going to get ding for that for, for tearing a, a Capcom game, a new one? Okay. So, Speaking of Cap, I'm trying to find the right video here that I just watched. So I just started playing Monster Hunter World. Yes. And I was like, I'm playing a hammer. So I'm like, okay, like, how do you play? And I found it's the funniest damn video of how to play Hunter. Mm -hmm. There's absolutely no, like, guide as you're saying to it. Um, but it is le- legit one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I'm going to post it here in chat once I get through this stupid um, ad. It's complete nonsense, but I think it's to your point where um, to what they're saying is like it's not telling you what to actually do. There's not any guide. They're obviously using footage from the game, but I think it kind of goes back to we've talked in the past, especially like when it comes to um, tribute videos and things like that, mm-hmm. like it's videos like that, that make the community, I think more invested in the game. Like nobody's going to watch that video and be like, Oh, well, I'm not playing monster hunter world now. It's like, Oh, I'm actually kind of intrigued by that. Cause it's just so crazy off the rails. And like, that's what gets me sometimes about like the mandates of the restrictions of especially when you have online games, that's what gets people interested is right. that community that you could otherwise build. Um, I mean, that's a huge thing with MMOs I played is that 
in-game rating content, you have to go watch videos. Yep. Um, now, granted, those videos would actually follow those guidelines pretty well for step-by-step -step directions, but still, that was a huge part of it was watching those videos in-game. Right, but but the question is, what do do the reviewers of Capcom considered instructional or educational value? Because the thing is, you may be watching a video that that indeed shows you what you need to be what you need to do. However, the commentary is has no relevance whatsoever. So are they going to get dinged for that because it's not? you know, uh, 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 relevant, uh, to go a little bit further, uh, game footage posted online. You should not share game footage online without adding your own video or content, unless the game console or device permits sharing of game footage. Uh, they won't go for further saying you, you're not allowed to split the game content into components, visual, vocal, in-game elements, etc., uh, and distribute such con components as separate content. Which that makes me this that that is a little bit uh, to me because there are times there are a lot of of uh, creative individuals out there who who do you know um, who pride themselves with voice acting and uh, with uh, uh, visualization you know like art styles and all that stuff. So what you're saying now is that I can't take a little bit of just the art style little segment of a video of just the art style of a Capcom video and, and do like a compare and contrast to others because that's a no, no. Um, and then of course the, the uh, uh, let's go a little bit further. Uh, fan content may not be promoted as official Capcom content, which of course that makes sense. That makes sense. That, yeah. That, that makes sense to me. Um, Note that, uh, let's go on to now the music section. That is, uh, some game soundtracks or songs may not be owned by Capcom, but instead are licensed from an artist or another group. As this varies from game to game, please be aware that music may trigger content flags and potentially removal of the video. Game soundtracks may not be posted or distributed separately and apart from game footage, which that's a whole like uh, section of YouTube is... They basically just compile, you know, the the soundtrack, game soundtrack, you know, all the songs from a game. They just compile it with like visual uh, visualizations, uh, stills, or maybe small little sections of the game. I mean, shit. Yeah. I was just listening to one that just was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was like uh, different versions of of established or recognizable Link uh, uh, Zelda music, but it was, you know, gave different little cutscenes from all the Zelda games. That's that would probably be a big no-no. Um let's go forward. So let's there's go with more. Yes, there's more. Uh let's go with audience appropriate. All fan co created content should be appropriate for the audience of the Capcom game. So if your game is rated E for everyone, you cannot have any type of content that would not be considered E for everyone associated with your video. Hmm. So if it's an E for every E for everyone and you start blatantly cussing, that's okay. a, that's that's an out. Uh, if okay, so there is, as we discussed earlier in the show, there is always going to be a demographic that maybe you're not a part of, but exists. There are going to be individuals who are huge fans of Capcom titles 
who may go a much more mature adult route with it. These people would be in serious violation, according to Capcom, uh, for sexying up Mega Man or Ryu or Chun-Li. Chun-Li would be a huge, or Kami, or, you know, insert Capcom game character here. Hmm. Um, now here's, this is, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying my best to, to just weed out the, the important things. And, and I hope that you know that I have really shaved off a huge chunk of this to try to get to the meat of it. Um, here, here's one that this is not only a Capcom thing. This is actually uh, quite a few companies are starting to do this. And this deals with spoilers. There are companies out there, Capcom included, that um, are now cracking down on individuals who post gameplay or playthroughs or let's play or whatever of games. Yep. They're cracking down on individuals who post videos past a what they call or they consider a spoiler point. They don't want you to be able to post the entire playthrough. They want you to post up to where the huge twist or spoiler is right before that because they fear that it will affect the ability to gain a new consumer or gamer or user of their product. So there are companies like Capcom, like Atlas out there who will come after you and make all your content go away because you accidentally revealed a twist in for Atlas would be Persona 5. Uh, for Capcom, I guess, I don't know. Um, I can't think of your Capcom games. I mean, Mega Man. Some new twist monster. on Mega Man. Twist of who the actual monster is. It's not really Dr. Wily. <gasps> it's Dr. Light. No, seriously. What about Dr. Doom? Like, seriously. Like, like, but people enjoy, I don't get that because people enjoy watching those videos. Like, that's actual thing people watch. I don't know. Or they actually need help to play through the game, including yeah. the twist. Yeah, no, that's that's what gets me is, look, there are individuals, myself included, where there are games out there that I cannot get past because I am lost. And so I seek these videos out. I may have already gotten past that spoiler, that little twist, but I might be stuck, you know, 30 minutes after that. The way that they're trying, they're, they're, that it sounds and certain companies are doing is that I would not be able to find that video because it's after the spoiler point. Well, the two problems I have with it. One are if there's word about sales, I would wager a guess. It's an astonishingly small percentage of the user base who are not going to purchase a game because of a potential spoiler from seeking out a playthrough of a YouTube video. Let, like, let's be honest. It, there are individuals out there who uh, I, I like to call consider them uh, professional watchers of playthroughs. Yeah, um, they will never buy the game. They they want to know all the twists and turns, but they but they're not gonna they they're not gonna buy the game. You trying to beat the crap out of someone who is providing content uh, legally, by the way, because you're not you're not adding modifications to it you're playing it straight you've you know you you're 
clearly stating that this is not my game. This is my playthrough of this specific title. What the hell? Yeah, and I mean, usually it's, from what I've seen of playthroughs, people are also usually like, by the way, there's something coming up. They're not like, surprise. Well, no, I mean, even if it's, even if it is a surprise, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're watching something, uh, if you're watching someone play a game, okay, chances are, well, for me personally, when I do my playthroughs, it's not like I've played the game before. Sure. I'm playing a cold turkey. So if I get excited about some surprise or twist, I, of course, vocalize it. And then you could be surprised or be like, oh, God, you're so stupid, Charlie, along with me. You know, it'd be like it'd be like reading a book. Or sorry, it would be. Yeah, here we go. Here's here's because I have kids. This is gonna be this will be perfect. I bring in a picture book, mm-hmm. uh, and I read it to the class. And out of the twenty pages of this book, I read the first sixteen, and then have to stop because there's a twist, and then I walk out. That's that's what it that to me is how it computes. It is ridiculous. If if someone has put the time into paying attention to someone presenting something, let them see it all. Yep, I agree. No, I'm not saying that you know there there are individuals out there who who probably are making videos about you know uh, reverse engineering uh, games and looking at all the zeros and ones. No. It's probably not the thing you want to do, but if someone, you know, they're they're showing your their passion through a playthrough, and you're watching it because you either like the the individual who's who's streaming or or presenting this, or perhaps it's a game that you're very passionate about and you're stuck, or maybe it's a game that you know you'll never play because you don't have that specific platform. It's just ridiculous. It's ludicrous that you would not be able to to be able to watch the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be like watching Lord of the Rings, the extended uh, trilogy, and then you're not allowed to watch the last two hours. And the place where I use it is, where was it when I was playing um, Lego Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. Like, there were some rings or whatever it was I could not find. Mm-hmm. And now it's like a perfect place of using a playthrough where you literally just watch the master play. And I reckon most people who are watching playthroughs are people like me. Who it's like, oh, I know I missed something here. I'm gonna go back and watch it to see what did I basically miss in the game. Okay, so so we're talking about spoilers. So when you have a video that outlines, you know, the Easter eggs or or the 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 um, the, the collector's items, would that be considered a spoiler? Because now you're revealing the oh. hidden location. And surely, what is a spoiler? I mean, literally, did you know? that the next part of Harry Potter Lego was going to be uh, in the dungeon. Maybe I thought it was going to be in the observatory. No, I, so, spoiler, what, that's what, not... What about uh, you find enough, I don't know, um, hidden magic seeds, so you unlock a, a special character that you know has the question mark on there until you've gotten enough things. Is that considered a spoiler? Basically, it sounds like it's a giant CYA document so they can pull a video for any reason they want. Oh, dear God, yes. Um, That's what it's down to. Let's, let's go a little bit further, shall we? Oh, um, 
Capcom does not allow content and other materials to be used to make money or to gain any other financial benefit except through permissible monetization uh, systems described below. You may not limit. You may not limit to pay access, sell, or license your content that includes our game content to others for payment of any kind. In particular, we do not allow you to create new content using our game if a paid subscription is required for people to access our specific content. That's so a little bit weird. So you can't put it on a Patreon is what it sounds like. Yeah. Okay. So, but here's the permissible monetization. Basically, you may use partner programs and or advertising from YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and other video sharing services. Collecting voluntary contributions, such as through Super Chat or YouTube and bits on Twitch, is permitted as long as your video is also available for free to the public on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, or other video sharing services, which would basically say no to Patreon because mm -hmm. that's part of the deal. You, you, you become a patron so that you get that exclusive content. Yep, that definitely would exonate Patreon. And of course, this one is kind of a, like a no shit show like this is we do not allow usage of or promote of a third promotion of third party programs, including hacking and cheating or devices that circumnavigate intended protection of Capcom titles. Additionally, we do not allow Capcom content to be uploaded to a platform for which rights have not yet been granted, such as in the creation of Twitch emotes featuring Capcom content. So you cannot make a Mega Man emote for Twitch or Discord or whatever. Oh, but I mean, that's land for world domination. Look, I mean, if, if you really want to boil this down, this is this is exactly the question, the gray area that we go that we experience every time we go to a, a convention. You, the artist alley. I mean, they are creating uh, um, con content that is of a company that they are not a part of for monetary gain. Water. It's crazy, man. And then of course there are the 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 other highlight of this is that there are companies out there who have been you know issuing uh you know DMCA D oh my god. Now I've got DM the letters mixed up. DMCA uh takedowns and content strikes and all that stuff, but they never say why. And they have, and currently right now they have that option. Um, they don't have to explain it um, yeah, because sure. they, they hold the cards. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're basically to the end of the show. Uh, we unfortunately did not get to all the topics, but I do want to give you guys a heads up that the, that the first topic on the agenda for next week. Uh, so you can um, add to this list. Um, the question was asked, uh, with the announcement of a new Dr Dungeons and Dragons movie, uh, which is set for release in 2022 and having Chris Pine, uh, attached to it, what franchises do you fear or know have failed when going across medias? Uh, I will tell you real quick, the, the couple of, um, examples I pulled up and I'm sure there's a ton more. And I would be more than happy to add to the list. But basically, of course, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Dungeon Siege, which Zelis and I have talked about several times, uh, Battleship, 
and uh, Rampage are the the one, two, three, four uh, that I pulled up. And of course, there are more. Um, there's, you know, of course, there's a plurif, a plurif, yeah. There's a ton of them out there. Let's just put it that way. Um, but I'd be very interested to see whatever his opinion is about that. All right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to wrap it up. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zealus, it's been a pleasure giving you everything come our heads, our mouths, and of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. Amen to that, brother. Thank you.